Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 56 with my friend, Hillary. I'm super excited for you guys to hear this. Hillary is an inspiration to all, and I don't even know if she knows it. How badass is that? Uh, but she is discussing her 10 years sobriety and all the work she's doing to be a triathlete and managing a cheer squad and all sorts of other stuff. Really great conversation. I got a lot out of it, and I think you will too. And stay after the episode to listen to our resident therapist, Jenny Helms, uh, go over kind of how can you admit you're wrong? Maybe uh, there's a lot of people, you know, in social media that uh, maybe you've been uh, an outspoken advocate for something that you've discovered is not correct, and you don't know how to admit that really to yourself, let alone the the public world out there that you may have berated in the past. So great little segment there as well. And I will talk to you guys after the episode, because for now, let's get to Hillary. Hi. Hi. I haven't talked to you in so long. <laughs> I know. I was just telling my friend, I was like, um, so I think the last time I talked to him was, uh, like 10 years ago at our high school reunion, which I, I'll tell you, I want to get into a little, just cause being sober myself now, I can't imagine what that night was like for somebody that wasn't drinking. Um, yes. <laughs> and yeah, I'd go down that road. But so I usually start out with how I know people and I know you from junior high. This might be one of the firsts, um, <laughs> So it's always high school, but I think we probably hung out more in like the end of junior high, the beginning of high school. Yeah. And you, uh, I don't know, we went to the same school, but you were friends with a girl that I liked at the time. <laughs> I don't even know how it all started. Because I know we all we were all hanging out together because my best friend lived across the lake from you. and Yeah. Uh, but then you and, yeah, you and Jill. Right. And... Uh, and to be honest, I was trying to think about it too. I was like, I don't remember exactly how it started either, but my, I guess like my brightest memories of that time are hanging out at Chad's house yeah. with you and like making like parody movies and yeah. sw swimming in the lake and meeting at the dock and like paddle boating and stuff. And, and yeah, with Jill, um, and it's just kind of evolved from there. It's really funny thinking about those movies because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a number of reasons. Um, and I wish I wish those tapes were somewhere. They've got to be somewhere. I'm sure it was Chad's mom's camera and they're in a box somewhere. It is like in his mom's storage unit or something. That would be fun to find. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to find those. <laughs> but I, I still hold firm that our Scream parody... There were some jokes in there that I feel like ended up in the movie Scary Movie. And I was like, <laughs> great minds think alike. I came, you were the I, first. I came up with that. Um, yeah, that was that was fantastic. Those were good times. <laughs> they were good times. They were like before, I feel like before the high school and before like things were weird. You know, like when you get into high school and yeah. like things start to just like change yeah. and... I don't know. I just, those were really good memories and 
they're fuzzy now, but (laughs) (laughs) but they're good. I want to talk some about that transition from junior high to high school and, but I want to go back in time. Uh, You're born. (laughs) You don't have any siblings, do you? I have a brother. I don't even know if I ever met your brother. (laughs) Probably not because he's seven years older than me. So when I was in high school, he was like out of the house. Yeah, yeah. He's he's my half-brother, but he was always around. So I don't consider him a half-brother. Yeah. Like he's my brother. So you're – was it your mom or your dad that – my mom. Okay. So she was married before, had my brother, and then remarried to my dad, and then okay. had me. That's cool so. though. Uh, so I know I know that neighborhood, and I don't know how long you guys were in there after <laughs> after that time when we were all hanging out there. But especially now, being a homeowner and looking back at that, at that neighborhood, I'm like, that shit is expensive as fuck. So, dude, what did your what did your mom and dad do when you were growing up? Um. I look back at those pictures too, for the record. Um, and I'm like, because we just built our house and I'm yeah. like, and my, and my dad, he was a construction superintendent. So he, okay. he built all of our houses yeah. and he, um, so that's why we were able to do that part way. That makes but, sense. um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he like did all of that on his own and looking at it, I'm like, wow, you really don't appreciate it until you get older and you, and you like go through the process and you look at things like that. But, um, so my dad is a construction superintendent for um, a pretty big, not a big company, but they did commercial things. So like they did some of the work on the palace when that was redone. Oh, nice. And Can you believe did... just side note that they're ripping that down? Like what a waste. No, <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. I know. I know. Um, and then my mom, she was a high school teacher. Um, she okay. taught English and she taught drama. So she did. I don't know if I knew that. At, where did she teach? She taught at she taught at Lakeland High School. Okay. Um. So yeah. she, it wasn't like local, really. And then she did. After that, she kind of did like a bunch of different random things. Like she ended up working at um. At a- Adrian, is that the like correctional facility? Oh, I don't know. I, I, Thankfully, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you surely do. Um, he or she would. Um, she worked with inmates um, on resumes believe it or not and she loved that that was like her favorite thing but she also got a degree in counseling and she kind of did a bunch of different jack of all trades yeah yes but mostly she was um an english teacher at high school that's fun uh yeah what's your relationship like with your brother grown up since he's seven years older i guess what i remember most is i i probably was the annoying little sister because like um when I think about like when I was in elementary school and I just wanted to hang out with my brother all the time he was in high school and like get the fuck away from me basically you know um so that age was really hard but then once we um actually it's funny once I started partying and like we had that in common you know like once I like my later high school years and then into college, we could have, we had that in common. And so I would go visit him in college and we would like hang out and party. And then now we're really close and we have a really great relationship. But in the early years, it was hard just because we're at such different times. I mean, when you're in elementary school and he's in high school, the last thing you want to do is hang out with your little sister. And he had to babysit me all the time. So it was one of those chores that he just, always had to do 
So. That's fun. Yeah, I guess he would have been. How old was he when he moved out? Do you remember? I mean, after high school, so what, like seventeen? Oh wow, yeah. So yeah, I would have never. So met I was him. ten. Yeah, because I didn't you know? I didn't meet you until you were like twelve. So <laughs> I would, right. I would, yeah, I would have never met him. That's crazy. No. Yeah, that's a big age difference. Uh, so then, I guess your your kind of formative years, you're in the house by yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you end up getting a lot more freedom from with because your brother kind of paved away? No, not at all. <laughs> what? So tell me about growing up in the house then. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think it was the opposite because I was like the baby girl, and also I'm not sure if it had anything to do with the fact that like my dad, I was like my dad's <laughs> baby girl. I'm like his 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 child. Not that my brother, he is. I mean, my brother calls him dad, and. They have a great relationship, actually. He talks, obviously, to my dad way more than he talks to his biological dad. Yeah. Um, so a great relationship. But I don't know if it had anything to do with that or I'm his little girl. But they were very strict on me. And actually, it, my high, my senior year, my brother had to be like, hey, she's getting ready to go to college and move out of the house. You might want to loosen the reins a little bit. Um, That's funny. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think about that now like what you were allowed to do and stuff. And I, I'm getting little flashes of, of like, you couldn't do It was stuff. like weird rules. Like yeah. I, if I was going to hang out on the weekend, it could only be one night of the weekend. If I, I couldn't do anything during the week after school. Um, like it was, it was pretty hardcore. <laughs> it was strict. Yeah. It was strict. Other than that though, the grown up, like what's the home environment like normal? Whatever normal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I didn't have anything. I don't have trauma. Like I am very lucky that I had two parents that, that loved and cared about me a lot. I mean, they, there are always things that I'm sure could be better or different, but, um, I mean, they were loving people. They did everything they could for me and they were strict. And I think that that does play into some things later in my life that, that happened. But, um, ultimately I, I wasn't like hurting for anything in my childhood. So I had a really good, I had a really good childhood. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm, and if you don't want to talk about anything, let me know, obviously. And you said you're kind of open. So I, I, (laughs) but I'm curious, and especially being someone that, that, struggled with alcohol and has now been sober for like 17 months. Um, <laughs> yay me. Uh, yay, that's awesome. <laughs> but you, you kind of, you were one of the first people I knew in our like age group that was drinking. So you started yes. that early. Very early. Like what? We're 13, 14. Um, uh, well, how old are you when you're like a freshman? Yeah, like 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, my first experience, my first exposure with it was in eighth grade and I didn't, I remember my friend was drinking and I was like scared. I was like, no, it was a girl that didn't go to Clarkston and we used to hang out and she was kind of like a party girl and she was drinking like her parents box wine or something. I, I like, I remember and she was like, you want some? And I was like, no, I'm way too scared for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then a year later, it was freshman year that I really started to get into it for sure. I, my friends at the time were, were drinking and yeah. So I started. 
I just remember like, and again, stop me. <laughs> I can take anything out, but I, it's funny yeah. to think about like we were at Chad's and you came over and like took like a shot from each one of his parents, like liquor bottles. And I think me and Chad were just like, cool, a girl's hanging out with us. So we were, we were all excited about it, but. And see, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Uh, like I, there's a lot of dumb shit that I did. Oh, yeah. And, Welcome to being a teenager. <laughs> well, but like a lot of things that I don't, I don't even remember. I don't, I can only think of it through my, you know, super drunk lens. Like yeah. I don't even really like know what it was like on the other end Yeah, yeah. of like people who were not super wasted and watching this like unfold. Yeah. I was straight edge at the time. <laughs> right. And so you're probably like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's a, uh... It's crazy to think about, and I, I had so many reservations myself, uh, and this is obviously, like, projecting all my own shit, but, like, because my dad was an alcoholic, and so, like, I just related alcohol to, like, no, which, <laughs> fast forward to be like, oh, wait, never mind, it's awesome, <laughs> for a long time, but, right. so that, you just kept, like, did you kind of fall into partying at freshman, and then kept going? Did that have, a, was that influenced at all by your brother, because you said you kind of found that in common with him or was that not till later that wasn't until later i would say it was 100 percent my friends and the group that that i was in yeah yeah and i fell into some like new so like i and this isn't even really like the jill friend group like it was at first kind yeah. of but then i branched out and and kind of went into this other group and we were hanging out with a lot of older guys and so and they all really liked to party and so that was like our weekend activity was just that's what we did every weekend yeah i know that i know i know those crowds <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny well the and then the other crowd like went in a psychedelic drug yes. direction so. yeah i guess pick your poison at that point um, right, right. So and that's definitely what happened. It was like a, it was like a, a Y, you know, in the road. And, yeah, yeah. and some people kind of went that like hippie ish, like, you know, pot smoking way. And I went the, I mean, we smoked pot too, but it was more <laughs> of like the, it was more of the drinking for sure. Yeah. But outside of the, the weekends and partying and stuff, like what, what's the rest of high school like for you? So I was actually in dance classes. Um, so I did, I did ballet and jazz for ten years, and so wow. I did that like after school. Um, and then I was on a part of a billiard league on Mondays. Um, this is fantastic news. <laughs> I'm actually really good at playing pool. Um, I would imagine I haven't played in a really long time. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 that was also a really fun thing during my drinking days is to go to the bar and like hustle the guys <laughs> on the pool table. Cause yeah. like, you know, these guys are like, oh, this chick doesn't know what she's doing. And then I play pool from all my years of being on billiard leagues. Um, and that like, that was a big part of my high school and, and hanging with my friends. I mean, when did you take dance until? Oh, uh, I think it was, it must have been my junior year. I don't know. If, I can't remember if I. It, or maybe it was my senior year too. I mean, I did it all the way through. That's it. It's just all interesting to me because, so you have your parents are strict at home. Mm -hmm. Um, you're taking an extracurricular that I, I just based on an outsider perspective, I feel like is very disciplined. 
Like, isn't mm-hmm. da- like dance is super disciplined, right? Very. And then you have these weekends where you're like, <laughs> all Woo! bets are off. <laughs> yeah. So are you just, do you think you're just letting it out because everything else is so like, what are you doing in school wise? Academically, are you doing well as well? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I think I graduated with like a three, 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 four. So I was yeah. like an average, like, you know, ABC student. Yeah. And mostly because if I got anything lowered, I would be destroyed. Tied at home, into the know? strict home. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I, I was, yeah. I mean, it, it almost makes sense though. When I, and I, again, I'm not a professional. I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> it's to have everything outside of your social activities be very disciplined and strict and then that one avenue yeah why wouldn't you let loose in that area well and that was my brother's warning to my parents a little bit when I you know when I said like senior year how he was like hey you know because I had like very strict curfews very strict rules all the way up until damn near the summer of my senior year and then here I am going to college and my freshman year of college will be another interesting story because (laughs) that was I think a direct result of kind of that like all that control yeah yeah what uh so was college I'm guessing college was always on the radar and and your parents idea and and everything yeah um where did you end up going western that's what I thought Mm -hmm. yeah uh because then you're out there now, well, that side of the yeah. state anyway. Yeah. Uh, so how's how's Western? I I think everyone's got Western stories. <laughs> There's a reputation so like, to be had. At oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we actually visited Western. We would come up here our senior year. My friend, uh, my good friend Chelsea Phillips. Do you remember yeah, Chelsea yeah. at all? She lives like in so Milwaukee like, now or something. Yeah. yeah. So she and I, her sister went to Western and her sister was older, Hope Hope Phillips. And so we used to go visit Hope a bunch at at Western. And that's kind of where I got like the itch to go to Western. And and she, Chelsea, was going to K College because she's smart as fuck. Um, So she went to K College and I went to Western. And and I think one of my first experiences at Western was we went to a block party and they were burning a couch in the street and sure. there were like kids climbing <laughs> like the telephone poles and then like the SWAT team came and they were like shooting rubber bullets and stuff like no joke. And I'm like, yeah. this is meant for me. This is where I need to be. <laughs> I love this. You know, I'm like, this is great. Oh, um, man. And just like we went to a lot of frat parties and uh, just, Yeah. It's it was pretty much what you would think it would be. It was a lot of, you know, partying. And my my GPA my freshman year, the first semester was a um, a one point nine five. Ooh, that's and what I, I graduated on, high school with. <laughs> <laughs> I was put on academic probation, and my parents were like, "Hey, um, unless you want to live at home, you're going to stop doing this shit." Um, because they they were paying. I mean, they were paying for my college, so yeah, nice which is uh, very generous and I'm very grateful for. Um, yeah. But like, they were like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you should go to class and stop fucking partying all the time. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> so it was a little wake up call. Um, it, it was my freshman year was, uh, was very little going to class and a lot of doing things and my roommate. So I went in blind and I didn't know my roommate. Um, Obviously, that's what going in blind is. <laughs> and uh, she was a lesbian at the time, and she um, 
also was very into yeah she was a lesbian at the, that that look she was a lesbian at the time like when i met her she's like hey i just so you know i'm a lesbian and uh like this is the first day i met her in our dorm room and i'm living with her i was like oh okay and she um did a lot of drugs a lot like this was not a good roommate for me to have she yeah. uh she also really liked to party. So the two of us combined wasn't great. So <laughs> that was kind of my freshman year. Yeah. So what changed just the, the your parents being like, hey, unless you're moving. Yeah, basically, I really did not want to go to stay in college. Yeah. Yeah, I loved college. I loved college life. And I loved being there and not being at home with my parents. And I loved living on my own. And you know, part of it was just figuring out, like, going to class and doing homework. And Did you have any like, academic goals when you, like, started there? Like, oh, I'm gung-ho about this, or... Like, you mean as, like, a like a major, or yeah. just, like... Or was it just something like, I picked general ed for the first two years, and then... No, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I've always... I've wanted to be a teacher. Like, I have books from elementary school that say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it says a teacher. Like, my grandma was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. I used to help my mom in the classroom. So I think I just kind of always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, I actually thought about going into graphic design, but I didn't make it into the graphic design program. So I ended up just going into art education because that was kind of like... I don't know. I, I was, like, always on the fence someone had like I did a little bit of graphic design at, at OTC during okay. my senior year at Clarkson and so I kind of was like maybe I want to do graphic design and I kind of was battling with that a little bit but then I didn't get into the program and so made the decision for me and and so I was always going for art education nice when I mean well what's what's the rest of college look like for your undergrad um I mean you know I pretty standard i i mean i continued to to party but i did find a balance like ultimately i was able to function as a human again and like <laughs> finish i i ended up graduate once i got into my art classes yeah. um it was different for sure like and i wasn't taking like cs 105 and like all these dumb classes that you have to take for your gen eds which i hated yeah. um here i am in like my art ed classes and so like i could go to my open studios and like be high and it was fun you know like (laughs) i could like go to like throw throw uh pottery on the wheel and that i mean it was great i actually have a minor in german that's interesting (laughs) sure is it's great is there a story behind that or are you just like yeah german sure yes and no like okay so my friend chelsea she uh was Major, double majoring in like Spanish and German and I don't even know I actually really love to learn I, I still do I one of my life goals is to like learn another language I love learning languages and she was always studying German I was like you know I, I really want to I really want to learn German and so then I ended up taking it from freshman year on and declared it as my minor and do absolutely nothing with it and are those classes so all if you and I don't know this. If you minor in something like that, is it all language based, or do you have to take like history of Germany lesson or classes and like? Yeah. It's both. Okay. It's definitely both. And and as it got a lot harder, I will say I leaned on some of my friends in class to help me through. So, but um, 
yeah, you learn about the history of Germany in German. So like you're, oh, damn. you're learning. <laughs> yes. So like then you have to like answer questions about the history of Germany in German. And it's a lot. <laughs> like in the like like senior year. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, my still fifth. a lot. I can't even like I can't even comprehend walking into you know, you think about language classes from an outsider and and it's you know, learning learning how to say phrases and conversational sure. stuff. And the, if I were to walk into a classroom where people are like actively going back and forth talking about like the history of Germany, but all in German. Yes. I think I'd be like, oh, I accidentally walked across the ocean. <laughs> I will. I got it. I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is intimidating. And it, it was there's a little bit of a translation, uh, <laughs> Google Translate happening and stuff like that. But. I'm sure my teacher was like, this doesn't actually make sense. But oh, yeah. anyway. There was Google Translate back then? Oh, yeah. Crazy. You use that a lot. Actually, it was, I think it was Alta Vista or oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. something like that. It was different. Yes. It wasn't Google Translate. It was something different. But yeah, Alta basically Vista. the same thing. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so you finish college. You graduate. Yep. Yep. What's what's the plan? Do you have a do you have a a plan at that point or are you, are you like I mean I started looking for teaching jobs yeah. right away. Did you ever move back here to this area of the state? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So you just stayed in that area? No, college? and I I didn't really have a desire to to be honest. It's unless you live out here it's so different yeah. on this that you wouldn't think. I I, would. I never would have thought. <laughs> but it it is so it's it's just a different world out here and I loved it. Um, let's see, I graduated and I started uh, kind of like uh, my last year or two, I was working at Lowe's and that was a huge part of my life. I worked there for eight years. Ooh, um, we can go down that road. I did retail for <laughs> eight years at Best Buy. Like it's a long stint. You develop a lot uh, of relationships. I'm guessing you. I met my husband there. Right, yeah. Hello. I'm guessing you learned a lot of, like, corporate and business structuring that. Yep. In reality, can be applied to a lot of places, but uh, it was probably somewhat specific to where you were working. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't really complain because they were really great with working with my hours and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, customer service is. <laughs> quite possibly the most painful thing on the planet um i i could i don't think i could ever do it again it's i hate people (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't but like people are such assholes yeah it's just so painful when the phrase karen came around i was like oh my god yeah like (laughs) i know her because i worked in retail for eight years yeah Uh, did you yeah. just to branch off on your Lowe's career? Did you like? Did you work up, or did you like take a position and stay in that position? I mean, I was mostly I did cashiering for a while, but then I actually worked in the like cabinet design, like kitchen cabinet design. Oh, that's for a little cool. While. Did you like that? Um, because that kind of taps into the creativity part of it. I I actually could see myself doing that because I uh, I do really like interior design and I. I did have fun with that. Um, it's a little bit stressful in like that kind of an atmosphere because they're like just 
pushing for money. It, it, like sales just isn't really for me. Yeah. I think in I general, know. you yeah. know, um, it's really stressful. My husband does it, and he's uh, really good at it. Uh, I was not good at it because yeah. I don't like kiss, kissing people's asses, yeah. and I don't like you know. So that that was hard. It was fun, but that was not for me. I worked in the paint department. I worked in the blinds department. I worked in the hardware department. All over the place. I kind of like bounced yeah, around. Yeah. yeah, I really did. I mean, wherever they, you know, they just move you. They, they don't really value their employees uh, at big box stores like that. Yeah. It's, they're just kind of like, wherever I, you are most beneficial to me, that is what you will do. <laughs> you know? So For the most part. you were there all throughout college. Yes. And then after when I was in that that phase in between you graduated from college and now you're looking for your career that you're supposed to be getting and, and applying for jobs and things like that. And so that, that carried me through for, um, it was probably about a year or a little over a year before I was able to find a job in teaching. So what are, I mean, you hit on a couple things that I think, I mean, again, I project a lot of my own crap in my questions. So <laughs> uh, you kind of had an idea of what you wanted to do. We said you always wanted to be a teacher. You found this path where you were you were able to get into college, go to college, get that degree, find a job. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the things that some people struggle with. I mean, I'm going to get my master's in counseling to become a therapist and hopefully start at like 43 years old. So Absolutely. some people take longer. Um <laughs> What uh? What are some of the challenges that you had during that time period, like along that path, or anything else that kind of you felt like it was a roadblock that you overcame during all that? Is that a big question? Yeah, kind of. Or were you just like, I knew what I wanted to do and I did it? Like, (laughs) that's fine if that's the answer. I'm just wondering. Well, I don't think I've ever really thought about it, to be honest. Kind of. I feel like that's kind of how a lot of things in my life go. Like I just, I am like, this is what I want to do, and then I, and then I, and then I do it. Um. That's. I mean, that's an awesome trait to have. <laughs> um. No, I didn't have a lot of roadblocks. I mean, it was, it was hard to find a job. It was hard to find a teaching job, but that's not. Yeah. That's like to be said. I don't really view that as a roadblock. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever like, met a teacher that didn't have trouble finding a job. Right. You know. So like that's that's whatever. Um, yeah. No, that's fine. I I'm not looking for like you. <laughs> you look at me like I'm waiting. Like okay, come on. No, 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 no. I I just I haven't ever been asked that. Yeah. About that time in my life. I'm so, here to make you I mean, think. there's a lot of other times <laughs> that I would say I had roadblocks, but I don't think that time was one of them. Like I, it just kind of, yeah, I got my degree and then I worked at Lowe's for a little while and then I found a job and yeah, I mean, I hated working at Lowe's. I would use that <laughs> as a roadblock. Like that was something I had to do to like continue to pay the bills and live on my own. And I hated it. Yeah. Um, but it was, I met so many important people in my life now that it's not anything I would ever look back on and be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know? Well, let me, let me ask you this just as a side note, when you buy stuff for your house now, do you go to Home Depot <laughs> or do you go to Lowe's? <laughs> um, uh, all of the above. Okay. Actually, we go to Menard. we go to Menards Ooh, a lot. fuck them all. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Uh, only because Menards is the closest to our house. Yeah. All right. 
That's just and wonder. they do have really good price. They do have really good prices, but a lot we did get a lot of good deals at Lowe's because of the people that we knew there, like the yeah. store manager we knew for a long time. So, heck yeah, um, got to get those discounts on appliances. Absolutely, I, I milk that as long as I can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So, in this time frame, because you got when did you get? How old were you when you got your job after Lowe's and like your actual teaching, your first teaching job? Two thousand and six, <laughs> I graduated because okay. it took me. It was actually it took me like a little over four years to graduate. Okay. Uh, 2001, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it took me like five years to graduate. Then 2008 is when I started my teaching job. So, so let's go down the road of, of you're sober now, right? Yes. So when did you stop drinking? 10 years. We actually just passed our 10 years. Nice. So November, this past November was 10 years. So, so what are the years leading up to that? Because you get your job, like... What are, Still drinking. Yeah. What's, I mean, wh- what are the events that make you realize like, oh, this isn't going to. Mm, it's a good happen. story. So, <laughs> so like Lowe's, I don't know, like if your Best Buy retail experience is the same as mine, but people in retail really like to drink. They really like to drink and party. Okay. So retail like that's and restaurants, what we did. Yeah. That's... that's, I mean, that's what we did. So like after work, there was like a Bennigan's right in the same parking lot. So we'd all made at Bennigan's uh-huh. and then across the street was Pappy's, this local dive bar. And then we were, so once we were done at Bennigan's, we would go to Pappy's right across the street and we'd just walk there. So that was also an every weekend activity right. sometimes on a Tuesday, you know, if like we didn't have to work the next day or um, and since I wasn't teaching then, I didn't really have like a, like a normal schedule. Like no. retail is not a normal Oh, and your schedule's so schedule. jagged. Like sometimes you don't work till four in the afternoon. You're like, I don't give exactly. a shit what I do the night before. <laughs> so let's go out and get wasted on yeah. Tuesday. Like why not? And then we'd be like, oh, let's go to the casino. You know, like just always like snowballing. So all of my friends and retail really liked to party. So we did that a lot. Um, and then, uh, so I get my teaching job um, and teach. I don't know if you know this, if you know a lot of teachers, but teachers also like to drink. <laughs> okay. Um, so my teaching buddies, we go turn your podcast off, kids. Turn your podcast <laughs> off. <laughs> I know. Um, so we would go out after school on Fridays, you know, and we'd meet at the bar and, yeah. um, or like the last day of school is a big one, you know, last day of school, we're going to the bar. Several times, um, I would have to be picked up at the, on the last day of school, um, and I would have to go back and get my car. Or, yeah. like my my weekend activity was drinking. There was nothing else. There were no other things that I did. We would go to the bar. We would drink. Where are we drinking this weekend? What are we drinking? Who are we drinking with? Like that was the only activity that I did. That that was literally all. I had no other hobbies. Yeah. I would I would just party with my friends um so i met my husband at lowe's um i was actually dating someone else at the time who was not really a partier um he was he was an engineer um very nice guy a little bit vanilla um and i met my husband who uh, (laughs) that's probably like a whole nother story my husband is uh he he didn't go to college. He barely graduated high school. Um, he, he, at the time was living with his mom because in his mom's basement, actually, because he had a divorce 
a foreclosed home, a repossessed car, and a child, a son. And I was like, this guy <laughs> sounds like a winner. <laughs> but he really liked to party. Uh, we He introduced me to a whole new world of partying, um, and that was a really good time. What, what is so, a whole new world of partying? <laughs> um, you know, like... It was just different. Like he, um, I don't even know. We would just go to different places. We would like go to dance clubs and we would go to strip clubs. Um, we would go to the casino a lot. Um, we would hang out with his friends who were like slightly questionable. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like he, he was like, he was kind of a bad, a bad boy in my eyes. And, and, just didn't give a fuck about a lot of things. Um, and so we would party all the time and, um, we started dating. I'm trying to make sure I get this in the right order. <laughs> um, so we started, we started dating. It was really weird at first cause we were friends for a really long time actually. Yeah. And I was dating this other guy and then, uh, the, the like my, so my boyfriend at the time didn't want to like go out and stuff. So I would go out with, Billy is my husband's name. We would go out and we would that's, go dancing. That's always the red flag, right? Like, especially at that yeah. in your twenties, like if you're dating someone that always wants to stay home when you go out, like that relationship yeah. is not going to last. Right. And that's basically, I mean, he was really into school. I mean, he was an engineer. He had yeah. a lot, like I get it, but he did whatever. That was not my thing. So Billy and I would go dancing and I loved it. We would have so much fun together. And so we started dating. I, I broke off with this other guy and we started dating and um party 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 we would fight a lot like we would get into some very knockdown drag them out fights in public at like bars um we would break up often um did this I, usually happen when you guys were both drunk always <laughs> yeah always it would happen when we were drunk yeah. uh, we would make up the next day get back together or maybe it would take like a week um we actually broke up for a long period of time and then I got drunk and called him. Um, he cheated on me. I cheated on him. Like there was just a lot of very unhealthy, very unhealthy relationship, very unhealthy. Um, so I went out with my friends one night. I got really drunk. We went to the strip club without him, you know, we're dating, but like I went to the strip club with my friends and it was just not good. Um, I didn't, I stayed the night somewhere else that night and he got really upset with me i don't know why <laughs> say the night at someone else's house um and then so his retaliation was two days later he went out with his friend got very drunk and um, ended up getting pulled over and he got taken to jail okay so he got he he's in jail i didn't hear from him for like two days i was pan or like a you know, like a day I went to his house. I'm looking for him panicking because we're in this like weird, like fighting phase. But so he's not home. I couldn't get a hold of him. He calls me while I'm at school and it's like, Hey, can you come pick me up tonight from, from jail? And I was like, sure. Um, and so I went with his dad, uh, we went to pick him up and it was like, I remember this very vividly. It was at night and it was like the jail was, is like, you couldn't like go up to the jail. You have to like park in the street and then like they release them and they come out to their cars. Right. So there's okay. like all these like cars parked 
like waiting to pick up their picking up their their DUI friends. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I um. There was whatever. Anyway, so I I'm there. I'm picking him up, and we like run to each other across this field, and I and hugged each other, and he was like, "I'm never drinking again." I was like, me either. This is a conversation we had had a lot. You know, it was one of those things we would go out and we'd be like, okay, tonight we're just having beer. And then I would end up in shots, you know? So we always had these things, right? So we had decided at that moment, we're like, okay, we're not going to drink anymore. Well, he was court ordered 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, So he starts going to these meetings, um, so the AA meetings, and um, starts meeting people right and so like my vision of AA is like you know the typical like there's weird fuckers there they're all old and they're like they're like just weird people so he starts going to these AA meetings and he starts meeting people that are our age and all different ages like normal humans and I went to I went to a couple meetings with him uh just to kind of like even though like I wasn't ordered court ordered the the AA it was obvious that I I was in this boat with him. Like I didn't get caught and get a DUI and get in trouble, but I very well could have. I mean, there were lots of times in my life that I should not have been driving or I should not have been doing X, Y, or Z. Um, (laughs) I mean, like I'm actually very blessed that I and lucky that I did not get caught with some of the things I did. So he had bad luck. He, his life story is very long and different. He's, I've actually listened to him speak on it at meetings and stuff. It's really interesting. Um, so we, we just dive into the AA world and we were a part of that world for a very long time. Um, he does not still go to meetings and I don't either. I went to some Al-Anon meetings, um, but we were able to create a core group of people to surround us with that had other things to do besides drink. Yeah. Right. So like we started developing other interests in life, like, hobbies and things we like to do on the weekend that didn't revolve around drinking because like everything before that had revolved around drinking. Like we just had nothing. I didn't know what to do with my time on the weekends if we weren't drinking. And so it was helpful to have this whole group of other people that were like, Hey, well, we're doing this this weekend. Do you want to come do that? And we're like, sure. You know, there, there is life outside of just partying every weekend. What? (laughs) Which was a hard transition, especially like when you have friends that are going through that transition with you. I mean, you do lose, you lose friends, you lose relationships, you have to start over in a sense with like the way your life is and who you're friends with and what you do. Yeah, I don't recommend doing that during a global pandemic. (laughs) Can I I throw that out there? I can imagine (laughs) that would be challenging. That would be challenging. I have to ask then, like, I'm thinking about this timeline, and if you just had 10 years sober, uh, so you had just quit drinking when we did our reunion. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm trying to, like, float above that experience and look at it from, an, like, an outsider, because uh, that was in, that was, that was around, like, Thanksgiving or Christmas. And mm-hmm. It was like November 18th is the day. Hey, that's that my I... anniversary. It's um, a good day. <laughs> um, so what what was that like? Because just like to give anyone listening that gives a shit a context on this, <laughs> I organized our 10-year high school reunion and 
Uh, I knew an open bar would be important, and I didn't really focus on too much else other than the venue and, like, a few food items that were, like, literally, I think, chicken tenders or something, and, like, carrots and ranch dressing I don't even remember. Um, but what happened is, the the end of that story is, our class is technically not allowed at that venue anymore, because <laughs> everybody just got uh, belligerently drunk. Uh because mm-hmm. you have an open bar for like five hours so right. yeah what what is that like because you're a, i mean you're around all the people from high school so people that you maybe hung out with people that like maybe introduced you to that environment yeah and then you just went through this whole thing with your soon-to-be husband that where you guys are like we're not drinking now what is the, what yeah. do you remember like anything about that was were you pissed off you're like why did i come to this or was it just like all of you are stupid <laughs> I, I i just okay. try to put my mind in your mind in that yeah. scenario so it was uh, so all those experiences were a little bit awkward in general just like when you don't drink and then you have to tell a bunch of people that you don't drink yeah, yeah. you feel like and you feel like you're just they're like, why? Yeah. Why don't you drink? Everybody assumes like, something you happened. You murdered yeah. someone with your car? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, so like you don't drink at all ever? Like you never drink <laughs> ever? Yeah. No, I never. I, I actually never drink. Oh, huh. You know, so, okay. So that conversation happened a lot. Um, I went with Jill and Jill is like the most supportive person on the planet and she doesn't care. She doesn't even really drink that much. You know, she doesn't yeah. care. Um. And to be honest, several of my closest friends that I used to party with all the time didn't come. So, like, that wasn't weird in that respect because those were probably the people that I was most weirded out about telling. Yeah. Um, And I had, like, a weird falling out with, like, some of my really close friends because um, while I was drunk back in college, I, like, slept with my friend's boyfriend and, like, broke up. You know, it was, like, this friend group, like, huge breakup. Like, it was a really big deal. So I... I don't have a lot of people that I still talk to from high school because I burned a lot of bridges because of my drinking, like, to be honest. Um, So it wasn't like, and those people didn't come. Those were the people I was most nervous about seeing and none of those people came. So I was like, okay, well, then I saw a bunch of people that I didn't really know very well, you know, because Clarkson was so freaking huge. Like there are so many people that like you are, you know, so many people. Like, I feel like everybody knows you and you know, a lot of people. It's those freaking really... morning announcements, Hillary. <laughs> I can't escape it. I know. So, like, I wasn't like that. You know, I didn't yeah. have, not everybody knew me and I didn't know like that many people. So I actually caught up with some people that I didn't really talk to. And, and honestly it wasn't, I don't remember it being bad. And I think we actually left after a while and we went to, um, a bar. I don't remember the name of it, but we went there we sat and chatted for a while and it was fine. You know, I, we went to, a, so we went to a bar and we were there until like two. That's okay. Funny. But like yeah. here I am, Jill, Jill was drinking a little bit. I was the DD, you know, we danced a little. And yeah. so it was, it was fine. I am able to be like, I'm able to be in social situations and be able to chat and dance and like hang out without being drunk luckily. But I feel like some people that, like maybe use alcohol more as like a social crutch, I feel like would really struggle with things like that. Um, Sometimes I feel weird and awkward, like even still, but I have found that with my girlfriends, I can 
pretend like I'm not like pretend like I'm drunk, but like I can still like have a good time and not feel like everybody else is drunk. So like, fuck it. Like they're not gonna remember what you're doing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they, they don't remember anything. Like you can do whatever you want. Everybody else is drunk and they won't remember. I'm having a good time and I'll wake up feeling fine and know all the choices I made were good ones. Yeah. You know, that's a, yeah, so. that's a, an attribute to my own personality too, is I found when I do go out with people or like, I think new year's not this year, obviously, but last year when there was a bunch of people and like, I'm still like the weirdest person there because it's just like who I am. And so I'm having fun. I just like, I remember having fun and I don't wake up at like three in the morning and go, Oh my God, I want to kill myself. Um, Absolutely. And, Definitely. Yeah. And I, just to clarify, I don't know why I feel like I need to say this, but knowing all those people from high school has not served me at all. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's funny. I've, I've done, uh, a branch off on myself for a second, but I've just like, I've done so much work on myself. And I think about like, right. I wrote you a letter at the beginning of quarantine when I was like, I'm going to write a bunch of people letters. Um, it was so fun to get that, but yeah, way. I was going to write a second one. And then like many things I said I was going to do during this, but Sorry. it, uh, the validation that I am um, like seek out from people is is so unhealthy and i've like come to terms with that over the last like four or five months and all of it stems back like why i play music why i did the announcements why like all that stuff was like i need people to tell me i'm hilarious and funny and anything because i couldn't tell myself that i I mean i still can't but so all those relationships like none of that means anything and it's so funny because i get that from so many people from high school they're like oh everybody like everybody loved you you're friends with everybody i'm like none of like no one calls me like this is these are maintained relationships it was just like i was a guy on a tv for people like it it meant nothing um and so it's funny because i have to i have to naturally like resist some of those things that would be like i want to be like ooh, i need to arrange the 20-year reunion uh but like do i can someone else do that because i'm gonna do it for the most unhealthy reasons (laughs) but no, you totally need to do it because I was thinking about that. I'm like, you're the perfect person because I'm a tribe mingler. <laughs> but yes, you are, and you're like the glue that holds everything together. You're oh, wow. like the central person <laughs> that can like make all these different groups come. Yeah, you know that's what she said. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, let me let me ask you sober questions because okay. as someone that has like you know, years and years more experience than I do in this department. Old and wise. (laughs) Well, I'm just curious. So I, I do this regularly now where I, I don't want to say I judge because it's not like a, it's not coming from a place of judgment, but I recognize problems and bad habits in a lot of my friends now. And like, you know what I'm talking about? You're nodding. I think you got it. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, like, how some of your friends might drink or their relationship with, with alcohol or with anything, any other substance or something that they're using as a crutch um, mm-hmm. or a coping mechanism. Like, do you still see that a lot in people or is that just something that you think maybe you people, when I say you, I mean, maybe generally, but like project onto people when you quit drinking because it might be something that you're going through. Is that, is any of that relatable? <laughs> Yeah, no. So I was thinking about my friends, right, that I have around me now. Yeah. And um, and most of the people that I'm friends with now don't really drink that much yeah. if they do. So, like, my best friend 
barely drinks and like I'll never understand her. Um, but I've actually, we've been helping her husband through, um, his not his quitting and his sober journey. So like, I feel like a lot of people have come to us, to me and my husband as like, like, it's really crazy how many people actually that we know now that don't drink, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I would say like I have friends that I look at and I'm like, I don't know if that's healthy. But um, I, to be honest, I now after ten years, yeah. I'm not really friends with those people anymore. Um, and so the people that are I'm surrounded by now are people that that don't focus everything they do on drinking or don't have unhealthy relationships with drinking because I don't know. It almost happened naturally. Like as yeah. I think about it, it wasn't even like a choice or a thing that happened. It it was just like we started gravitating more towards people that um, have healthy relationships with drinking. Because I mean, I have a I do have one friend who probably I think it's everybody's different with alcohol, yeah. you know, and so <laughs> it's hard to like judge, you know, because it's not like it's like that big of a big of a deal but yeah it's probably an unhealthy relationship with alcohol for that person and but i don't i you know like it's not my place you know i see i went down a road where i was just uh i was fortunate enough i say fortunate enough because i really enjoyed everything about it but i decided to go down the road of like mental health uh for school and i was like yeah what else am i gonna do i have like i pile on associates degrees that's what i do um (laughs) But so I took an alcohol and substance abuse class while I was sober and I really like started demonizing alcohol and, and just how our society treats it and, you know, like the complete lack of warning labels and stuff like that. Cause you know, any prescription drug commercial, it's always like, it'll do this, 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 and this. And then you get a bottle yeah. of vodka and it's like, don't drink this if you're pregnant. And it's like, but yeah. what about all the other stuff? Yeah, and I briefly the... listened to that episode. Yeah, that you, so uh, I'm repeating myself. Yeah. No, you're fine. <laughs> but it's you're fine. I, I see it like the holidays. Um, stress wise, sometimes the holidays drive me nuts, especially when family's around. I'm like, I want to get drunk and forget this. Um, but all the like it's wine o'clock somewhere, <laughs> like all those little stupid Etsy signs, like everything that's yeah. beer and wine related. And it's just like ingrained yeah. so deeply into our culture that it, it, from that aspect, it was so easy to not drink because I was like, you guys are all fucking brainwashed, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just drives me nuts. But, so when I was listening to you talk about that, um, this is, that is how, so Maybe because it's been 10 years, yeah. I don't really think about drinking so much anymore. Yeah. Um, like, like it's just, it's almost like I forgot. I forgot that I don't, it's just like who I am now. Yeah. And I have like, well, like my best friend, she, she never knew me as a drinker. Like now in my life, my best friend. So like, it's just who I am. That is how I feel about food and nutrition. So <laughs> like, I've like totally gone down, like with, uh, not drinking and I, I used to smoke too. So with not smoking, like going down like this totally I'm a totally different person now health wise than I ever was that is how I feel about food I feel like everybody is fucking brainwashed and like I feel like it's everything's every social event is revolving around food and like and that I feel like it's very similar with alcohol as it is with like like diet as well like food and and so I can relate to you in that way like that is how I feel about food 
But like there, if I had this talk with my friend a lot about how every social situation is either revolving around drinking or around food or around both. Like there's just, it's like that is what drives the world and there's mm-hmm. like nothing else. Yeah. Just alcohol, food or both. Well, that's, a, I mean, that's a good place to transition to because well, I want to talk about what you're doing health wise and how you got into running and uh, all that stuff as well. And I, I, I'll branch, like I could branch off on sobriety for far too long, but no, you're fine. Um, we don't have to move on. I, whatever. Yeah. No, it's whatever. fine. Cause I will, ta- I'll end up talking about myself and then deleting the whole thing <laughs> because that's not what this <laughs> interview is about. So, uh, so just jumping back. <laughs> so you get your first job after college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long are you at that same job? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Congrats. I've been there for 12, 12 years. That's I've awesome. Yeah. It's so, cool. and then you also took on cheer coach, right? <laughs> look, how, <laughs> look at that excited face. You cheered in when? In high school or? I've never been a cheerleader. Never? I thought in, I can just. No. It's concerning that I imagine you as in, in, I know. in a cheerleader outfit on. Um, no. Yeah. Sorry. That went down a weird place, <laughs> but no, never. You So, Okay. I don't, no, I don't know I why I'm trying to fight you years. on this. I'm like, yes, you did. Um, um, no, I danced. And Clarkston, that's actually one of my biggest regrets is not doing some sort of a team sport in high school. But Clarkston is very intimidating. They ha- they were a D1 school, you know, a class A school or whatever yeah, yeah. with like, with like, I-, I didn't feel like you could just try out. And maybe that was my own. Did you think it was like, bring it on the movie? Kind of. (laughs) And I don't even know if I would have been a cheerleader per se. I actually didn't really love, I always in high school was like, ah, you know, fuck the cheerleaders are dumb, you know? Yeah. So the the fact that I'm a cheer coach now is actually quite funny. And it happened by accident and I am obsessed with cheerleading and I love being a cheer coach. So, um, I'm very grateful. My friend asked me if I wanted to help her coach rocket cheerleading. So like the littles and I, I looked at her and I was like, dude, I don't know anything about cheerleading, like literally nothing. And she's like, that's fine. I just really need help with like crowd control. You know, all the kids, it would be really good for you to just be there. I said, fine. The next year she moved to the East side and was, and the program fell in my lap. And here I am the, the like director of this, rocket cheer program for the school district and i've never i'm like ah shit (laughs) so this girl became uh came started teaching at parchment with me and happened to be in the teacher's lounge one day when i was like does anybody want to help me with rocket cheer and she like turned at me and she was like i do i love cheerleading and i was like (laughs) are you serious like, you're serious right now? You love cheer? And she's like, yes, I was a cheerleader in high school. I love cheer. I will help you. And she and I uh, coached Rocket Cheer for a couple of years together. And then the high school cheer coach uh, was stepping down and asked if, uh, actually asked my friend Kelly if she wanted to take over the coaching program. And Kelly was like, well, we're a package deal. So well, that's nice. if, if I if I go, she goes. So we um, we are on our seventh year of coaching varsity cheerleading and we started the competitive cheer program at parchment parchment is where i teach it's a very small district um with maybe 100 kids in their graduating class so it's completely opposite of clarkston i teach every student in the district so i know everybody i'm kind of a celebrity there like when i so you're any grade Uh, like i teach teach k5 okay 
art. And then so you... I have I have all the littles. Um, so obviously, as they grow up, I mean, I still I teach all of the K five in the whole district. So yeah. I know all of the kids unless they move in after fifth grade, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I coach, and then I coach the girls. So now I've I'm coaching girls that I was their teacher for six years, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade. So now I'm coaching them as freshmen, junior, sophomores, freshmen, sophomores, junior, seniors. Um, and I love it. I love it. We're actually super excited because tomorrow we get to have our first in-person practice again since oh, wow. like yeah. the end of football season. Um, I love it. I love being a coach. I love, uh, in the team atmosphere. I love cheerleading. Um, which is so funny because I feel like aside from you, everybody else would be like, wait, what cheerleading? No, you hated cheer. And like you apparently not according to you. I was, it's so weird. I don't know. I don't know what the visual is I have. Um, yeah, I am curious though. It's just, this is branching off in that world. Yeah. So mentioning the movie, bring it on earlier. (laughs) Yes. And obviously you're in a small district, but like how much, so let's start with the basics, right? What's the difference between cheer and palms? Oh, uh, so I think, did I already stump I you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe like, I, I don't actually know because I've never, I think palms is more like a dancing with palms, like dancing with ch- like pom poms. Yeah. Whereas cheerleading is traditionally you are cheering, cheering on another okay. team like you're cheering on a basketball team or a football team yeah, or yeah. something like that you have palms <laughs> but there's not necessarily a dance routine that you go out and you do at like halftime well that's so that's and i'm so sorry because i imagine this is just horrendous but when i think of cheerleading i think of what you're talking about cheering you know standing right at the end of the bleachers and mm-hmm. uh but then you see these movies where people are like doing crazy backflips and all this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, wait, who does that? Who are those people? So that's competitive cheer, <laughs> which is the season right now that we are trying to make happen desperately Ooh. because like COVID has ruined our lives. So this will mean nothing to you, but I really want to tell you this. Okay. So we, <laughs> how dare you um, assume? I'm sorry. So we started the competitive cheer program at Parchment. They had never had one, and they were a little bit resistant to it because Parchment's like an old school, like, you know, they're a small town. They, like, don't really like new things. So we started this competitive program, and it's during the winter where you, like, are supposed to be cheering at basketball. So, like, the only purpose of a cheerleader is to cheer on a men's game, right? It's like, (laughs) who will cheer on these boys if the cheerleaders aren't there? Right. So we were there. We caught some resistance. But last year, we took our team to regionals. It was the first time that we had been to regionals. Awesome. So, like, we got it was a really big deal. Um, We had made it to districts. Uh, Everybody goes to districts, but we had, like, each year moved up in position, and the top four of the, like, 15 teams go to regionals. Right. So, um, Last year was our first year going to regionals. We were in third place, and it was, like, such a big deal. We bombed at regionals, but that's okay. So our <laughs> our goal this no. year is to do better, at, to, like, go to regionals again and do better, but COVID's ruining our lives. So um, You and everyone else. <laughs> competitive cheer is where you see a lot of, like, gymnastics tumbling. Like, okay. uh, we have girls that will throw tumbling lines. Like, we have girls that will do, like, round-off back, answering back tuck, or, like, 
we have several girls that we're training to just do standing back tucks and stuff like that. So it's a lot of the more like the stunting where you're throwing them up and they're like doing a flip in the air and coming down. That's actually illegal for high school, but that's what you're picturing in your mind (laughs) is like that stuff. And so that's where you would, you would see it more during like competitive cheer. Is that the, were you involved at all? I know you did dance. Did did that ever bleed into like gymnastic type stuff when you were a kid? Not so much really. Um, So like I'm teaching these, I've learned so much. Like I can train a girl on how to do a back handspring. I can spot her in a back tuck and stuff like that, which I've never done one in my entire life. So like I'm training (laughs) these girls to do things I've never done. Um, But I love it. I, I freaking love it. And it's hilarious to me that I do, but my friend, my friend Kelly, my best friend now but we also coach together she and i are obsessed with it and talk about it almost every minute of every day that's awesome we love it good Mm -hmm. so happy for you that's cool i wanted to transition into the the healthy stuff as far as um food exercise but like start with running because you kind of are publicly do that a lot so what how how did you get into that and what so it's a, it's a funny story. My fresh, my freshman year, my first year of teaching, um, there is a program that we do here. I don't know how much you know about like elementary girls. Very little. (laughs) (laughs) It would be Um, really fucking creepy if I was like a lot, Hillary, (laughs) a lot. program that's really awesome for elementary school girls called girls on the run and it's basically a training program that helps them run a 5k they do eventually run a 5k but there are also lessons on like bullying and like all this stuff intertwined right so um it is a super cool program my my first year teaching um a girl i worked with she was like hey do you want to do you just want to coach this with me because like you you coach like a group of like 15 girls And you're just like the coaches. I mean, you like present these lessons and you help them get to running a 5k. And the ultimate goal is at the end of these, like, I think it's like eight weeks or something. You run a 5k. It's like a race. They have like this big thing. So that was my first 5k that I ever ran. Um, and then at that time that I must have, I was still, I was still drinking and smoking at that time because Shortly after, or right before, see, my brain is sucks at like <laughs> timeline. Um, one of the people I worked with, she was like, "Well, you should train with me for a half marathon." And I was like, um, "No, like, I've never run before in my life. I tried to run in college a couple times, and it was the worst thing, the worst <laughs> thing ever." And um, I was like, "No, I'll, I'll never run." And she's like, "Come on, they." Kalamazoo has an amazing running community and they have a thing called Borges Run Camp where thousands of people sign up for this this program and every Saturday you meet at different locations throughout the city and you run a determined amount of miles with your group based on your pace. It's it's like when I talk about it, I'm like, that's really freaking amazing. So, like, I, I signed up for Borders Run Camp, and um, I trained for my first ever half marathon, and that was, I've done it ever since, and that was, like, 10 years ago. That's crazy. What what kept you doing it? Like. I don't know, because running is hard. Like, yeah, that's I why I don't have, do it. <laughs> I still. 
still have days when I'm like, why do I do this? Um, I would probably say the biggest thing is it's a social event with other people and you are doing something together. And you, it's, it's like a cool, like once you're done and you say you did it, you're like, damn, I did that, you know, and I I survived through it. And, and now I would say 80% of my friends are either runners or triathletes. And, and it's like, it's so fun because like I said, you have to develop other things that you can do with friends that aren't drinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so well, I have Hillary, like I will always be in that other 20%. <laughs> that's so we're clear. Um, fine. That's fine. Um, so I just kept doing run camp, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, so that first, that first time I did, I, I will never forget this. One of my first times running with run camp, I was still smoking cigarettes. And I, it was winter because we start in December when we start running. And I, the cold air, I had stopped running and I was like coughing cough gagging everywhere you know I was like coughing so hard and I was like like gagging and and I remember like looking around like this is so embarrassing and so that is actually what helped me quit smoking was running yeah so I quit smoking because I couldn't be I couldn't be a runner and a smoker at the same time every every couple miles take a break smoke yeah it's really it's really a hard thing to do is to be a runner and a smoker yeah so not recommended uh what's the food arena you started going down as far as so I don't I, I started uh getting interested in nutrition a couple not that long ago really a couple of years ago and I started to uh get interested in like um just like a whole food plant-based eating lifestyle yeah and I would say I've become a lot more interested in it in the past probably year or a little over a year two years um I I think I should have been a nutritionist and I still might go down that path. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about, um, because it's so interesting to me. I listen to uh, lots of audiobooks, and I watch lots of documentaries and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I just, I can't get enough of that information. And so I have been experimenting with like whole food plant-based and, like starch, like high starch diets and like veganism and all kinds of things like that. And are you a vegan? Are you vegetarian? Are you any, any of the above? I am whole food plant-based. <laughs> I don't like to, so I try, I try to eat everything. Like most of what I eat is a whole food or plant-based. So I don't like to say vegan because I feel like number one, there's a stigma around vegans, but I also, uh, Sometimes we'll eat cheese, you know, like, Fuck yeah. or <laughs> love cheese. I know cheese is really good. <laughs> cheese is really bad for you. Yeah, There's but like it's zero so good. <laughs> I have an autoimmune hey. disease that's uh, 100% in like inflam- inflammation based and I should not eat nearly as much dairy no. as I do, but you should not eat any dairy. Damn Hillary. It's delicious. Um, yeah, well, no, my wife does delicious. the same thing. She just, uh, she did, she gifted me a book on audible for Christmas Mm-hmm. <laughs> which really was just like, hey, read this. Um, <laughs> uh, Fiber Fueled by Will Bolshewitz. Oh, so I have that on my uh, list. I haven't Bolshewitz. listened to it yet, um, but can I recommend a book that you should listen to? Oh, uh-oh, yeah. I'm going to write it down. Go nuts. There's two. It's by the same guy. The reason that I like him, before I tell you, the reason that I like him is he's he is not opinion-based. He is science-based, so... He does not 
like a lot of times you read and you're like, okay, well this, yeah, you can find anything to support anything, I guess. Yeah, that's why I hate the internet sometimes. <laughs> I understand and I get it. I really like this guy. Um, so it's How Not to Die. How or, Not to Die. Yep, so by Michael Greger. Or How Not to Die It. It's his mm. second book and it's by Michael Greger. But I would say start with How Not to Die because it's interesting. He talks about the top 10, I think it is killers of uh people top 10 killers yeah (laughs) oh yeah i know what you're trying to say it almost sounds like you're trying to be like you know the serial killers the top 10 serial killers the top 10 killers of whatever the top 10 causes of death and thank you and humans yeah sure um (laughs) And he breaks them down, and he does talk a lot about autoimmune diseases. Yeah, no. Matter, so. There's a there's a doctor, and and it's funny because someone has brought this person up to me before, and we were talking about the same person, didn't know it because I can never remember his name, so this could be happening right now. But there's a doctor <laughs> in California who he's a nutrition based doctor that it's all about gut health, and he's mm-hmm. been able to literally turn on and off um, certain genes with autoimmune diseases just based on uh, diet and and gut health. So everything that I read about anything I want to change, whether it's being healthier, um, if I want inflammation to go down, if you want like a better sperm count, like any of these things, it's all exercise and diet is the number one and two that you always have to like start with. And it's always the like yeah. two things that nobody, myself included, want to like really make that huge change on. Cause it is a huge change. Absolutely. It is a lifestyle change. It's not just like, a, like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, buy Kroger brand instead of like, it's not a, it's not a change like that. It's, it's a, not easy. It really is a lifestyle change. Um, For sure. So that's, for sure. It's a tough one, but and- that's a cool road that you're going down. Yeah, and it's taken me a while, and and uh, I'm not perfect, obviously, and it's a journey, and I am super interested in it, and I love it, and I, I, I like the way I feel when I am eating that way, so yeah. Um, anyway. That's the hardest part uh, about it, I feel like, is the reward is how healthy and better you feel after you start those behaviors. So you don't get the reward until you like make all the sacrifices to get there. And right. But even the, some of the, that's the tough part. Some of the reward isn't even until you are 80 and you don't yeah. have like X, Y, and Z. And so it's really hard to like, be like, okay, well I'm doing this now because in 50 years yeah. I don't want to have a bunch of problems. And so it's definitely not an instant gratification type thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's, it's Not very anti-American, Hillary. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, let me t- let me say that as someone that's like going back to school to get a degree now, if you do want to be a nutritionist, go for it. Because uh, age I is a construct. Pay off <laughs> my master's degree debt. First. Nonsense. So we didn't even mention that. But where did you get your master's at Western as well? Yeah, and you know, I uh, really doubled down, and I got my master's in art education, so that just in case like art education didn't work out for me, I could go into art education. Oh yeah, for sure. You always want that backup plan. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you, uh, hey, with a master's, you can always teach at a community college. <laughs> that's 
this is true. That's like my wife's dream. She wants to teach history at a community college, but no one. I would love that too. Go get student debt for a master's degree. It's a lot of debt. Jokes on her. I'm going to do that for my own degree. (laughs) 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 But um, is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Um. No. I mean. I uh, I guess I didn't talk about my triathlons like that. I am working on my second half Ironman. Jeez. I don't know if you have if you know like what an, a half Ironman entails. Uh, well, I know triathlons. What swimming, biking, running. Yep. And then. So yeah, and and it's just like a like you have like five k, ten k, half marathon, a marathon run. Yeah. There's the same kind of thing for triathlons. There's okay. like a sprint, a sprint distance, which is like the shortest there's an olympic a half ironman and then a full ironman distance so i did my first half ironman triathlon um not this past summer but the summer before that while we were building a house (laughs) um how was that which was which was like it it just uh, that's the way the chips fell and we just ended up you know, powering through, but so a half Ironman is a 1.2 mile swim and then a 56 mile bike and then a half marathon run. So a 13.1 mile run, like all like consecutively. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, So, um, I did my first one and we're training, uh, like the group of us were training. I mean, my husband did it with me with us. Like we have a, a triathlon club that I'm a part of and there's like a lot of triathletes around here. And so we're doing the second one. Hopefully it'll actually happen in Ohio in at the end of July is will be nice. my second one. That's and, intense. Like what, I mean, from the nutrition standpoint that we were talking about, like what's the, what do you have to do on the side of that? Like what's your caloric intake when you're doing that sort of thing? Cause yeah, that seems so, crazy. <laughs> It is. It is kind of crazy. There's a lot of things you have to do, like pre, you know, race, like that morning. And then um, a lot of people have a lot of fancy things they like to use. Like there's like gels and there's drinks and stuff like that. Um, I honestly like to have potatoes and dates and, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich and stuff like that. Like real... Mm. Because uh, the other kind of things don't sit well, and I feel like real food actually fuels you better. So uh, I've learned how to do a lot of that stuff. But uh, yeah, you eat. You eat on the bike. You eat. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of shit you got to learn while you're doing that to be able to stay fueled for it. But is it something you like? Do you run every day? No. No. <laughs> how, no. How, like, how often do you have to stay on top of the this to like stay trained and ready to the do training it. like so so like uh i will so like today i swam this morning i swam for like an hour um tomorrow i'll run tuesday and wednesday i'll lift weights wednesday night i'll probably bike and run thursday i'll run friday i'll probably lift weights so it's like a, there's something i do every day basically yeah. for the most part yeah um, I, I walk on the treadmill four times a week so believe me <laughs> i understand you know you know it's yeah. pretty rigorous um <laughs> it it is time consuming and it's definitely but like what else am i going to do you yeah. know what i mean like it's a hobby. it's definitely a hobby you know people have their hobbies yeah i, I, I assume a, you get a lot of enjoyment out of it otherwise why are you putting I mean, so yes much and, work into yes and no isn't that funny it's yes and no like does it suck a lot of times? Yes. 
But like I said, it's like today we went swimming and there was 10 other people there that I'm friends with Yeah, that I got to be like, Hey, look at me, like, like help me be better. And how are you doing? And you know, it's like somewhat of a social situation as well. So it's, I have this group of friends now that are suffering with me and making me do it. Yeah. You know, they're like holding me accountable. They're like, okay, we're running today. And it's, it's a, like, it's a social thing and you're bettering yourself. And it's almost like, like, can I keep, it's almost like a challenge. Like, can I actually do this? So would you just, uh, tie it all together there? Do you think you're a naturally competitive person like with yourself and others? Yeah. Yeah. Probably more with myself than I am with others. Like there's always going to be people that are better than me. And so it's, it's sometimes hard to chase other, like there are some very experienced people that I race with. Like I have a, a, there's a person in our triathlon club that went to Kona, which probably doesn't mean much to you, but you have to qualify for Kona. Like you have to qualify for the Boston marathon. So like you have to be an amazing triathlete in order to be able to go compete at this level. So there's like really awesome athletes that I know and get to like train by. I swam next to him in the lane uh, the last week and I felt dumb because he's like, you know, this amazing athlete, but like, yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's a cool community to be part of. Yeah. Really. That's awesome. Do you, do you think like, and I, I don't know if you can answer this, um, but all the strictness and the discipline uh, <laughs> growing up, like, do you think that plays a role with being able to do mm. these intense things now? Because, I mean, I don't think training for uh, a marathon, let alone like a triathlon, the amount of discipline involved in that and like staying on it and getting better and better and not just like getting a case of the fuckets at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, I feel like there's a good amount of discipline involved there. And uh, do yeah, you think any of that's right. instilled in you? Yeah. Probably. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought about that. Uh, that's what I'm here for, to... to put these little light bulbs <laughs> into your head. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you, yeah, you're probably right. Because I do think uh, I do have a fair amount of discipline built into me just based on the way I was raised. And I know my, my dad is a very disciplined person. I mean, he gets up at the same time every day. Yeah. Um, my mom isn't so much though, so I don't know. Um, I do get the fuckets too, you know, like they're my favorite. There are times, yeah. <laughs> seriously, and and I cannot speak enough to having a community of people that will like motivate yeah. you because I am not like I don't get out and go run by myself like ever. I have running buddies who meet me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's way more fun system. to run. Yeah, absolutely. To yeah. hold you, you just so I just have luck. Luckily, I have a lot of friends that like to do this shit and make me do it with them. That's awesome. Well, I love everything about you. This, you do so much cool stuff and you're, and you just seem like you're doing really great and you've, I am in a good place. Yeah. I'm in a really good place. I'm happy, you know, like, but it took a lot, it was a long dark road to get there. I mean, there was a lot of years where life was really shitty, you know, and, and I don't like to like blame everything on drinking, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, it's yeah, I, I, I can I can relate to that. I mean, I quit drinking. I got married. I built a house. You know, like I am healthy. I love my job. I, yeah. you know, like, and 
I don't know. It, it has not been easy and it's been a long road, but I am really happy with where I am now. So well, I'm happy for you. I, like real, it's it, a lot of your story is, is very expire, inspiring and like the stuff that you're doing is really cool. Thanks. And yeah. Thanks. I don't know if I, so my, yeah, go ahead. So my friends convinced me to, to do an Instagram page. Okay. Okay. So I have my whole food Hill Instagram. Page I just followed I it. Put, where I put my, my recipes, my food prep, and my triathlon uh, journeys and all kinds of other stuff. So I just started this summer, so it's not like that developed yet. But if you feel so inclined. Yeah, we're going to promote it. It's Is it just, what is it, Whole Food Hill? Whole Food Hill. All one word? Like, is there any yes. underscores or anything? <laughs> okay. Nope, it's just Whole Food Hill. All right, well... I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Love everything. And I, I look forward to following more online and everything. And yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see each other at the, <laughs> the 20 year 20 reunion. 20 year high school reunion. <laughs> 20 years. I did reactivate yeah, the Facebook that. page. So we'll see what happens. I saw that. But you know, yeah. there's a pandemic right now. So time will tell. That's true. <laughs> All right, we are back with Jenny Helms, licensed clinical marriage and family therapist, and we have more listener questions. So this is going to be another exciting segment of Ask a Therapist. This is from Jeannie. Jeannie was a guest on the podcast. Um, but So I think this is a tongue-in-cheek question, and I but I do have real questions myself that go along with it. So she asked, how can mass indoctrination be reversed? Um <laughs> so I do have a I guess a real question that goes along with that. I mean, if you want to treat that as a real question, feel free, but I do wonder if you are after like the volatile exchanges that some people have had via social media and I don't know, the dinner table in some cases. Um let's say you do like find out or decide in your heart like or factually that like you were wrong about something how do you come back from that um from like finding out your belief is wrong you know like given shame and humility and everything involved to even come near that first step like you know what I'm talking about yeah well I think it's about not having a stance of shame around that stuff like knowing that we only know what we know when we know it like if you knew that you would have done something differently, right? But I think, like, my, I guess, I'm not, like, here to talk politics around all of the stuff, but yeah. a lot of it, people are having to make decisions based on not knowing enough and not knowing things. And so I feel like it's fair to have grace with yourself and with other people because a lot of people are kind of uncertain, Um and it's emotionally touching on things where maybe their emotional brain is kind of getting in the way and like impacting certain pieces too. Yeah. So I think I just remember, you know, sometimes our brain will attach to things that just fit with our story, you know, whatever story that is would on both sides, right? Like both sides will attach to different parts because it aligns with their story or with something they want to like hold on to. So it's not like we're trying to be like, 
we're not trying to be wrong. We're not trying to like be hurtful. We're not trying to be um, ignorant. It just, it's kind of where our brain will gravitate. And so I would see it as like a, a really cool moment if our brain is able to go back and be like, wow, maybe there was more to this story. Maybe there was more truth that I wasn't seeing because I, I believe that with people, they have good intentions and their heart is to like be in a space of truth and what's good and right for them. Like I think they're approaching it from a good standpoint, Yeah. but I think many of us are going to look back and there are going to be things where we're like, man, I wish I had known this or I wish I was more open to this at that point. Yeah. I just wonder like if you get so, and I mean, this goes for really anything you believe in. It could be, uh, something like, uh, it could be religion. It could be like, maybe you're an advocate for weed or something like it, anything you believe in. If you get so ingrained in that belief that you are of the mindset of like, why doesn't anybody else see this? This is crazy. And you like straight up berate people about it. How do you come back from that after you've like burned those bridges? Like, how do you ask for understanding and humility from your peers after burning those bridges? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the difficult part. Admitting it to yourself is definitely like a huge step, but then being able to humble yourself to the people that you have essentially, uh, isolated. Yeah. Well, I think that is hard cause that's where your ego is coming in. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> I think, cause I think you're answering your question. Like you just simply say, I'm sorry. And I, I went about that wrong and I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to do that or to belittle you. Cause I think regardless, okay, here's the thing. When we look back on things, even when we're right, if we do it in a way that's belittling, we're still kind of wrong in a way, right? Because the way that we do it matters too. Yeah. Um, and so I think if we look back and like we're like, oh my gosh, I like hurt people and shamed people because I was in this belief. Like I think it's more of healing that in ourselves. Like how do we respond to things or learn how to like disagree with people yeah. or set boundaries without being hurtful and shaming? Yeah, it's not about the dishes. Um, right. It's not about the dishes, <laughs> but even so just like, I mean, just say sorry and that you were wrong. Like, I guess I think some people have a really hard time saying they're wrong. Yeah. We, well, I feel like we've been in such a toxic environment for, um, for so long and especially like on the internet, um, yeah. that we get to a point where if we are able to find someone that'll admit the wrong, there's almost like a natural instinct and nothing like, I don't think most people would do this in person, but online it's almost like a natural instinct to be like, uh, like a ha ha, I told you so situation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like just mm -hmm. the, uh, it, cause it's, it's almost normal to be that way, uh, in a lot of corners of the internet right now. And it's, it's one of the reasons I've been so excited to like, not really be on social media. <laughs> it's, and now the like Monday today, we're recording this on a Monday and this is my social media day where I like go on once a week and do shit. And I really like haven't been on at all today. I posted some stuff about the podcast and, and that was about it. And I don't have that desire. Like I'll occasionally throughout the week, I pull up Facebook and like a browser on a computer or something. And, um, but that's it. 
<laughs> and I don't like scroll. I like I've lost the interest in that stuff, and it's it feels it feels great. But that I see all that stuff. Like I still see all that toxicity. I just have removed it from my daily routine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you'd have to be in a good space to like. I mean, first of all, none of us can be in that space for a long time without it impacting us, and that's a totally normal, healthy thing. Um, but I think the like when we are, if we can. Like, so say we were like saying, hey, I totally messed up. I was wrong. And someone's like, ha I told you so. I mean, to be able to be like, yeah, yeah, you did. Like, I was wrong. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you know, to be able to you like, are correct, sir. Ego <laughs> out of it and be like, yeah, dude, I, I'm agreeing with you there, you know, like, and, and, yeah. and try to do what you can to like, <laughs> be like, yes, I don't have any qualms about saying I was wrong and taking ownership of that. Like, again, like I think it's an interesting thing where it is so hard for all of us, myself included, um, that like, it's hard to say I messed up and then even follow up. If somebody's like crappy to you about it, like it takes even more like emotional self-confidence and strength to be like, yeah, like, (laughs) yes, I messed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus being like, well, you don't have to be crappy about it. You know, like, because everything in us, like that is, it's hard to admit that. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, people are really crappy on <laughs> social media. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, like you're right, like in a way that they wouldn't be in person. Um, it's weird too, because I don't know if you've felt this in the past when you might maybe were posting, but I found myself like very reticent to post things outside of like what I feel is super important because. Like people are misinterpreting a lot of things too. Yeah. And I don't want to have to explain myself all the time. Like it's just kind of exhausting. Um, and like even liking things, like it's so funny, like people can judge you liking something and it's like, that's so lame. Like, can I just like, you know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's such a weird face right now of judgment without context. Yeah. You know? it's It's a rough place to be. Or you could like, I mean, this is all branching off on just like what's wrong with the internet, but (laughs) I feel like you can be like, oh, I love this tiger picture. And you'd be like, what? The guy that posts that picture liked a clan member. Like, wait, what? I just wanted to like the tiger picture. Right. Uh, Right. (laughs) Shit can spiral quickly on the internet. Um, But yeah, I I just wanted to kind of play devil's advocate on on your response to the initial question. And as far as... Jeannie, how can mass indoctrination be reversed? Um, humility, I guess, is my short answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Jenny. Always a pleasure. I hope you guys got the answers you were looking for, and we will talk to you next time. All right. Uh, you just listened to my interview with Hillary. What a great, great time I had talking to her. I hope you guys got a lot out of there. It's crazy, the triathlete stuff. Um, I cannot walk, bike, and swim separately, let alone in, 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 a, in a row. That's not, it's not, in my, uh, not in my purview, if you will. Um, <laughs> but thank you again to Hillary. It was really great talking to her and catching up with her. And I wish nothing but the best in all of her future endeavors. And you guys out there, if you 
are doing anything interesting or want to tell me about some of the stuff you're working on, shoot me an email, justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. I'd love to know what kind of things you're doing and, and maybe some obstacles you overcame to get there. I think that's an important thing to recognize and ask ourselves once in a while because we need to give ourselves just as much credit as we tend to give other people. So on that note, I will bid you adieu. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Please, 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 if you're on an iPhone right now, just look. You can do this while you're listening to me. I'll do it with you. Ready? Unlock your screen. You go to your podcast app. You click on friend request. And then you go to the ratings there and you click five stars. Can you do that for me, please? And if you have any other feedback, please send it to me. Let me know. Let me know that feedback. I'll thrive on it. Once again, shout out to our subscribers in South Africa, Ireland, Spain, and Belgium. Love reaching across the pond. I hope you guys are well. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.